right. Welcome, everyone. I'm John Dunn. Hi, I'm Chris. And today we're talking about Twin Peaks. It's a TV show from the early 90s. Perhaps you've seen it before. It was made into a film shortly after the TV show was canceled in 1991. Uh, and then in the summer of 2017, there was a new season uh 25 years later. So Twin Peaks is fundamentally uh, about a murder. It's fundamentally about uh, uh, this question of who killed Laura Palmer. This is the inciting incident that uh, brings an FBI agent, Dale Cooper, to town in uh, northern Washington near the Canadian border to figure out what's going on in this small town where presumably everyone's tight-knit and there's nothing, uh, you know, pernicious going on. Uh, and yet there's this uh, unfolding mystery that just, you know, sucks in the viewer. And as as we go along, we, we find that the mystery is actually more complex and more intriguing than just, you know, the mundane. And uh, which is one of the reasons why it is uh, endlessly fascinating. But it's also one of the reasons why the show was uh, sadly canceled uh, after the second season. Uh, and, and we'll say more about that later on. And Chris and I are huge fans of the show. And today we want to talk about some of the reasons why, uh, things that we resonate with, and a little bit about how we got into it. So, so Chris, I actually don't know. How did you first get into Twin Peaks? Yeah, no, I, um, I grew up uh, being completely aware of Twin Peaks. Uh, I was... Uh, probably in junior high school when the show started coming out and uh, through high school. I'm, uh, yeah, that, that already dated myself, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch it when it was going on uh, during its first run. Um, I was probably too young. and But I remember being fascinated by just the question of who killed Laura Palmer and, um, and uh, wanting to know the show. And the first opportunity that I had um, to get into the show, and I did it in probably the worst possible way, was as a college student, I watched Fire Walk With Me oh. and had no idea what I just had watched. That was my first introduction to David Lynch, um, completely confounded, uh, uh, completely terrified as well. And I just remember for a while, um, you know, you know, coming of age and... Um, being interested, but then completely confused at, at Firewalk. Uh, and that was for a while. It wasn't until much later on in life um, when I was, uh, at that time, um, an attorney and working and uh, had just gotten recently married that I went back and started watching the original series and just completely fell in love with it. Um, mm. You know, Dale Cooper... Uh, played by Kyle McLaughlin, he ranks up there as probably my favorite yeah. television character of all time. Yeah, um, and um, and so watching this the series multiple times from that point on, um, and really sort of uh, uh, diving deep in, into the show. And I'm kind of the rare person that oddly has a soft spot for season two, and especially <laughs> where Lynch and Frost are out of the picture. Um, 
and it gets really really goofy and guest directors come in and Diane Keaton comes in and yeah. um, and it shows all of its seams there's something about that that I'm really fond of and um, mm. yes it's 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 a hard watch at times but um, there's something about that that I really like so yeah I've uh, I've been um, I've been sort of a deep dive uh, fan of Twin Peaks um, from mm. that point on um, mm. and uh, come back to you know finally have context to rewatch Firewalk with me again and then yeah, be able to yeah. oh okay it's 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 not as 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 confounding and strange and 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 weird as i remember it is still all of those things but you could just have context for it now yeah yeah um, and uh yeah what after the return um completely fell in love uh with uh with it by then i mean i had already been a fan but um there's something about um what David Lynch has done, and I haven't, to be honest, I haven't seen his whole um, his whole canon of works, mm-hmm. um, but um, uh, Twin Peaks, uh, the the three seasons, and Mulholland Drive in particular, um, they have a real special place um, with me, and they're films that I think about a lot. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I mean that's sort of that's sort of my uh, uh, sort of entry point into it, and um, obviously there's a lot to talk about. Um, in between mm-hmm. but um how about yourself john when when, yeah. when was the first time you would watch the show yeah so when i was at uh, st andrews doing my phd there were um a few people who were watching the show uh fairly regularly actually in the common room and i had never heard of the show i actually remember distinctly the first time the show was mentioned to me so this would have been like 2013 or you know 2014 um I was talking about Lost and how much I love the show Lost. This one, you know, yeah. Red, that is my favorite show of all time. And I, but I was chatting about it with um, uh, with with a friend there at at, at my uh, in my accommodation. Um, and you know, he he's like, yeah, you know, I never got into Lost because it just seemed too much like a Twin Peaks ripoff. And I was huh. like. I was like, what is Twin Peaks? Uh, I, I, I don't know what Twin Peaks is. And he's like, oh, well, if you like Lost, I'm sure you'll like Twin Peaks. And, and you know, that obviously, you know, piqued my interest, but I didn't, um, right. I didn't know. And of course, what's significant about, you know, we, one of the things I've realized subsequently is that uh, Damon Lindelof talked about aspiring to Twin Peaks when they started Lost. You know, it really was a goal of theirs. And, and you realize how influential uh, Twin Peaks was for kind of setting up modern television and shows like Lost, right, which are so concerned with mystery, which is something that right. you and I want to talk about, um, and we'll we'll get we'll get back to that. So, a number of people were watching it in the in the common room, and they were getting really into it. I remember they had this like formal event in which they had uh, presentations about who killed Laura Palmer, you know, right before uh, episode seven of season two or whatever, when, when, you know, that, that revelation is, is made and right. uh, everybody had different proposals. I wasn't a part of this, so I, I, I didn't quite know what they were doing. This is kind of more of me describing it from, you know, the vantage point of having seen the show now. Right. So it was just in the back of my mind that, you know, there was this one summer when everybody in my hall got way into Twin Peaks, you know, and I uh-huh. didn't quite didn't quite know what was up. So when I um, was back uh, home in Las Vegas at, at some mm-hmm. point, at some point, um, I was flipping through Netflix and I saw Twin Peaks. I saw the cover right. and, you right. know, it kind of it kind of looked like an X-Files thing, which, of course, Twin Peaks inspired X-Files. For uh, sure. 
largely largely because you know Twin Peaks was trying to tell a long form story and you know it was kind of a victim of its own success and fans couldn't really handle this kind of like you know you know kind of continuation of like not not getting everything answered and so x-files comes, right. along, comes along and says all right let's do the monster of the week kind of thing and um and yeah. and, and fans were more satisfied with that episodic approach you know but but um you know i was looking at the cover it looked like kind of an x-filesy thing and I, I i decided to give it a go and i got sucked in on mm-hmm. um the episode where you know dale's throwing rocks at bottles and and crossing off names and then you get then you get audrey's yeah. dance you get audrey's yeah. dance and then you get the dream sequence at the end you know with the dancing and and the the curtains and the chevron tile and and laura palmer you know whispering right. and, and just Everything about that episode just sucked me in. I, I was I was hooked at that point. So it really is the weird of Twin Peaks that I gravitated towards. And season one as a whole, right, is pretty in- innocuous on the weird, right? It's a little quirky, but it's it's mm-hmm. new, it's mostly kind of um, charming. And I mean, other than like you know all of the screaming from like Sarah Palmer and stuff like that, right? Sure. But it's it's mostly like quite charming and like a little like. Uh, a little creepy, but not much. And it's, you know, as you mentioned, Fire Walk With Me is just all creep, right? It's all, <laughs> it's it's like, it's full on bleak. It's, it's, it's like the charm has kind of left, right? Um, but right. of course, of course, given what the, what the story is, when you're, when you're telling the Fire Walk With Me story, you kind of can't be very cute about it, right? I mean, it's a, it's a pretty gnarly story. Um, but I remember the first time I watched through Twin Peaks, right, and then got to Fire Walk mm-hmm. with me. I I thought season two was a little bit of a train wreck. I, I kind of lost completely. I kind of lost it a little bit. Like after episode after episode nine, you know, the end of the Leland arc, right? Um, mm-hmm. After episode nine, um, it just felt so scattered, and and I was kind of I was kind of in and out of like paying attention to what's really unfolding. But the, but right. then I definitely did feel right with like the last three episodes kind of probably right after the diane keaton episode which i think is objectively (laughs) just the low point yeah objectively (laughs) the worst episode um but but um i mean there are a lot of great moments in that in that span of season two right um but but it definitely is the nadir of uh twin peaks but you you um you know you get to the last couple episodes and we start picking up steam and that finale is incredible i i can only imagine watching that in you know 91 um and then find out that you know your favorite show is not coming back i mean that is a gnarly way to end um end a show um, there's, but, there's, there's two things that you said there that I want to, that I want to, um, tease yeah. out. One is that, um, season two, um, it, it really is bad. I mean, there's no redeeming it. It's, 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 it's just a, like literally train wreck bad. Yeah. The, the, the character of Wyndham Earl. Oh yeah. Um, he, he is, I mean, he, he was Dr. Evil before Dr. Evil, like yeah, just yeah. really like the 1950s Batman villain. Yep, with an yep. evil laugh, yep. like creating these like death device <laughs> contraptions with poisonous spiders and, you know, going around in disguises. I mean, like it couldn't get really worse. And, uh-huh. you know, like, you know, buying owl postcards and, and, and whatever else he's doing. Um, season two completely does lose its way. 
And um, what you have is guest directors that are really just trying to, you know, recreate yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the atmosphere that, um, yeah. that, the, that the first season um, and the pilot sets down. But for honestly, for me, that is where um, there, there's something really charming about that. And I don't even I know that David Lynch says he hates it. I totally do. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really secretly wonder if there's something about him that also likes it, because you, it's so obvious that the studio executives enter into the in, enter into the show as almost like mm. characters in the show. And you can almost hear voices like with, of people in suits saying, Let's let's bring in Billy Zane. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. let's let's bring in um, Heather Graham. Uh, yeah, let's bring Heather Graham in here and let's get them into the mix. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's it's so forced. Yeah. Yeah. you have to make these characters fall in love yeah. so quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. and 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 they're... and not just make them fall in love so quickly. You have to make Audrey and Dale not fall in love. I mean, yeah. that, that is yeah. that is exactly why that happens, right? You, you right. you know, from an executive standpoint, those are not good optics, right? Having Dale and Audrey, you know, Audrey who's still ostensibly in in high school, uh, you know, uh, it it just doesn't look good. So it's like, more no, no, get two attractive Ye- people. They basically come in on the same episode, and yeah, like you say, these characters fall in love with their you know respective um uh yeah. crush, crushes straight away but see i mean what what i'm saying is that i i i i just wonder to the extent that lynch himself likes it and and one of the things that um that um i've come to appreciate about david lynch um it, it's no secret that um he's a big fan of sunset boulevard oh yeah um, which is uh an important movie for him moholland drive itself was yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, um, exactly. You know, basically, um, you know, inspired off of and a conversation with the yeah. film. Yeah. But what yep. makes Sunset Boulevard great um, was that it was, and I, I, I know Lynch is aware of this. It, it, it was the first real meta movie, and mm. you know, I, I don't like using meta, you know, for its own sake. I mean, things yeah. aren't cool just because they're meta. But Sunset yeah. Boulevard was really amazing in the idea that that the characters. Um, and the actors who played them had this really amazing overlap with each other. So mm. the character Norma Desmond plays sort of this, uh, uh, you know, at one time really famous Hollywood star whose uh, whose star had faded and is trying to come back. She's played by Gloria Swanson, who is exactly that. She um, mm. she used to work with Cecil B. DeMille. She had um, a lot of fans. She worked with directors who loved her. And Cecil B. DeMille plays a character in Sunset Boulevard as himself. And Max, mm. the, the, the eccentric butler who is, you know, fiercely protective, Max plays a character that used to direct Norma um, and also was in love with her. Mm. And the character of Max is played by Eric von Stroheim, who... <laughs> who was a former director of Gloria Swanson, and if you believe the rumors, also had a romantic interest in her. Mm. And so it's, it, it's, it's these ideas of, of, of a movie that completely sort of folded in on itself. At one point, Norma's character, um, Gloria Swanson's character, I'm sorry, and William Holden are watching a screening of one of uh, Gloria Swanson's old movies, and that mm. movie was directed by Max, who was played by Eric von Stroheim, who was actually the director of Gloria Swanson. That's awesome. and it was it was meta like generations yeah. before it was cool. Right, right, right. But that's an example of these two worlds sort of 
you know, forming this amazing feedback loop and mm -hmm. the reality of the lives sort of mirroring the characters that they were playing um, kind of really reinforced the power and the poignancy of, of what was actually being told. Mm -hmm. And and that's why I think Lynch probably in, on some level loved that there was some chaos in season two hmm. where um, you you had reality sort of impinge on, on the film and, and sort of yeah, become yeah. its own character. Um, there's all these moments where... Um, um, the the actors' real lives coincided with sort of the drama on on the screen, um, so you know Moira Kelly comes in on Fire Walk with me to yeah. play Donna, and yeah. and then you learn later that there's drama between Kyle MacLachlan in his own character with you know some combination of, of yep. Sherilyn Finn um, yep. and Lara Flynn Boyle, and so um, there's in some ways it's just it, it they all all these casting things that um, seem to be regrettable at uh, at the same time also seem to be perfectly fitting in with the universe that Lynch creates you know there's you know the the person that plays you know the arm or the man from the other planet um you know he he, he becomes he becomes the tree or whatever yeah, he becomes yeah. um that sheriff yeah. Truman becomes another sheriff Truman these yeah. seem to be casting mistakes and at the same time they seem to reflect something that lynch wants to do um anyways all that to say that there's yeah, yeah. Um, there's something about season two that while while terrible and horrible um it also just somehow whether by accident um completely works with what lynch was sure. trying to do sure 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 yeah and like like i said i think some of the best moments um of of all of Twin Peaks are in season two. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a necessary, uh, part of the story. Like I love how it opens right with the, uh, with the giant and the Butler dynamic and the thumbs up, you know, while, <laughs> while, while Cooper's lay, laying on the floor bleeding, you know, like that whole thing is just, that's one of my favorite moments. Um, you know, I, right. I, I love the finale. I think the, I think the Leland reveal is mm -hmm. one of the most harrowing things I've ever seen in yeah. any show or film uh, ever. And the idea that this came out in the early 90s when, you know, everything on television was kind of, you know, more sugarcoated back then. And well, uh, that's 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 the other thing that I wanted to talk about that you had had raised up is that that Twin Peaks we 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 now can appreciate the kinds of shows that are indebted to Twin Peaks. Yep, you mentioned yep. Lost, um, you mentioned X Files, um, you know shows that are that I see coming up. Um, Stranger Things, uh, for, yeah. for sure, has you know has this sort of upside down world. It, it really yeah, is indebted yeah, to yeah, um, yeah. the kinds of things that Lynch had developed. But you know, 1989, um, you know. Twin Peaks was doing something that, you know, really nobody was doing on television at that time. Right, right, right. And, um, um, you know, I know you've got thoughts on that, but, you know, did you want to develop that some more in terms of the kinds of stuff that Twin Peaks was doing? Well, yeah, I mean, the main thing that, that uh, you know, stands out is, you know, you have all these episodic soaps, right, in the late 80s that are uh, really prominent. I mean, this is what people expect from television is a self-contained unit, right, uh, an episode that contains all the plot and narrative that you need. And if there's going to be any dangling threads, we'll get a to be continued at the end. Yeah. And we will we will. And that will, would be it. 
that would be it. You couldn't do more than to be continued. And if you had if you had another one, like a second one, like you were really pushing it with the audience. Right, right, right. And you're so you're gonna wrap things up shortly, right? You're gonna wrap things up shortly. And so to have have a show like Twin Peaks, which is gonna tell you a long form story over multiple episodes and then, you know, end a season even without (laughs) without clarifying the central mystery, that is uh, pretty um, pretty exceptional. And at that time it was it was innovative. It was new. I mean, David Lynch, right? He's this uh, Academy Award nominated, you know, director who's making, right. you know, big budget films. Like, I mean, some of them were were not very good, like Dune, right? But Dune but never, was not very good. <laughs> he, you know, what 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 a lot of people don't realize is that he he was going to do Return of the Jedi. Like he he was he was he was he was one of the guys at the time. I mean, he was he was big, right? I mean, Eraserhead was his you know breakthrough. Uh, project, which you know right. is is uh, it is what it is. It's 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 it's, weir- it's, it's weird and it's... creepy. <laughs> um, though I do think, though I, I I do I do buy the theory. I don't know if we've t- talked about this before, but I do buy the uh-huh. the- theory that it is his meditation on um, his own anxieties and fears related with parenting. And I think if you watch, I think if you hmm. watch Eraserhead through that yeah. lens. Um, it, it becomes way more interesting. So then you're so like you're not just creeped out and grossed out. You're actually um, you're actually kind of, I think, brought into somebody's like deeply disturbed feelings about what it means to be a good parent. And I, I find that actually quite interesting. Wow. Um, that's a theory. I actually though. didn't know. I actually didn't know until very recently that. Um that that was Pete Martell, that that was Jack Yeah, Lance. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. He is the Eraserhead. Um, <laughs> uh, and and, and uh, Bobby's mom is is in Eraserhead. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yep, yep. That's right. Um, but, but yeah, so, so he has this breakthrough role. I mean, Blue Velvet comes out, very disturbing, but you can see how Blue Velvet is planting seeds that would later become Twin Peaks, For right? Sure. You, can sure. see th- you can see that underbelly of sur- suburbia, um, you know, so I- iconically represented by those ants, you know, crawling all over each other <laughs> at the very beginning, right, where we, right. Where we, where we zoom into the grass uh, and we see what's underneath the pristine uh, suburban landscape. That's a... Uh, a, a fascinating image and just Kyle McLaughlin, obviously, right. You can't help, but see this kind of like allusion to, to, um, to blue velvet in Twin Peaks, uh, because, yeah. uh, and then, and then na- because of his presence in blue velvet, but then now in light of season three, uh, that just gets exaggerated further because of Laura Dern. Right. So, um, and, and, right. and this... again, that, that, that goes back to the Sunset Boulevard stuff that, you know, where, totally. you, where you see multiple universes sort of or films or things in reality yeah. sort of, you know, very aware of itself, you know, sort of, yeah. you know, impinging upon each other. Yeah. Uh, Laura, Laura and uh, Kyle also did. Um, gosh, what was the other movie they did together? Um, so, I mean, Blue Velvet not being the only one. But um, mm. I mean, of, of course, of course, it's. Uh, it's uh, hit Kyle and um, and Laura as as Diane and Dale at the yeah, end, yeah, or yeah, Richard and yeah. Laura. I mean, depending on uh, sure. who you think these these characters. Richard, represent. Richard and well, Linda. Richard and Linda. I mean, yeah, Richard yeah. and Linda, of course. You're and, right. Um, you're right. You're right. You're right. And uh, we we uh, will obviously have to at at some point broach broach yeah, the topic of that's how, of, yeah exactly of what this actually purports to be. Totally. Um, David Lynch um, is. Is uh, 
you know, he he's uh, he's he's definitely an interesting character. Um, yep. And uh, I, I would say that, um, you know, so for instance, my wa- my wife, my wife and I, we watch a lot of stuff together. She cannot get herself to watch Twin Peaks. I mean, she's already yeah. seen scenes um, and she's like, there's there's no way <laughs> there's no yeah. way I'm watching it. And um, I mean, I don't blame her. There are parts that are genuinely terrifying. Right. Um, I, you know, there are moments where if I'm, if I'm walking around a corner, yeah. um, I, yeah. I, you know, Mulholland yeah. Mulho- yeah. Drive yeah. pops I up knew, in my mind. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there with the creepy dude um, behind the dumpster. Uh, was it Pinkies or what, what's that? What's the I mean, yeah, it's called Winkies. Called? Winkies. It's, it's Winkies. called Winkies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I know where that is in the San Fernando Valley. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, amazing. I mean, there, there are, there are walks to get water at night um that yep. um that that twin peaks still kind of wrecks wrecks those times like i'm yep. just getting water and it's like man i i see yeah, bob's yeah. face uh through, totally, through the totally, slats totally. Of, of of a crib or whatever um so it there are moments that are genuinely honestly terrifying um mm. but it's it's not it's not terrifying for its own sake and there's actually exactly. a lot of heart um, yeah. a, a, a ton of heart in, in, in the film um, where you are, you know, really asked to, to take it all in. You're, you're, you're asked to take in um, the beauty of it and also, um, you know, some of, some of the sheer uh, pain and horror of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, um, so the experience of watching Lynch um, in his films is, is almost always that. It's always sort of this uh, feeling of, 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 of being, you know, wrapped in the charm of, of these characters and, um, you know, the quirk of it and, um, mm-hmm. the, the real, the real fun, um, aspects of it, you know, Pete Martell's character was one of the first things that, um, you know, that wrapped me in, you know, really, she, you know, she, she's dead, yeah. wrapped in plastic. And yeah. I was, yeah. I, yeah. I, I already knew I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to like this show. This is, right. this is, this is going places. And then when, right. you know, when I saw Dale start talking into a recorder about the Douglas furs, I was, yeah. I was completely, I, I was, I was completely, um, um, you know, you know, sucked into the, yeah. into the world. And, um, so you, you really do have, have this, this whole, um, this whole you know range of, of emotion watching it and and for me that's one of the things about Lynch that I that I really like I mean he has a ton of heart and a ton of charm um, um, and that that helps you know that helps with coping with the absurdity um, and the things that you know that there's probably no explanation for yeah um, and some of the uh, some of the frustrating um, you know clues that uh, that you know that that there probably are answers for, um, and we can talk about this. Sure. Um, but you know, whatever whatever we think there might be, and even if we have good evidence for, there's always you know probably evidence that points to another direction as well. Sure. So yeah, that's my well, experience I, with Lynch. Totally. Well, this I mean, this is the this is the thing, right? I mean, on on its face. Uh, Twin Peaks is a story about a central mystery, uh, which is, you know, who killed Laura Palmer. Right. And and if you come to the show with this kind of like um, murder mystery kind of mindset, 
you know, yeah. and I, which I think t- to be fair, probably, you know, the bulk of the audience in the early nineties, that's what they were doing. Right. Right. They, they were, they had their notebooks, they had their pens right there. They're looking for the clues and the hints and they're, they're, you know, and, and there are, there, there are a lot of red herrings. There are a lot of, um, you know, just trying, trying try to, you know, throw some curveballs, Right. And, yeah. And you're suspicious of everyone, but you know it's just every they're you know they're trying to paint everybody as as a possible suspect, you know. And it but, works on that level. It's like could it, it be Leo? It could yeah, it be yeah. Ben Horn? Could it yeah, be you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It it does it does it does work. But what you realize as you're watching um, Twin Peaks, especially knowing a little bit more about Lynch, right, is that they're they're not interested in mystery the way that most viewers are interested in mystery right for most viewers mystery is a puzzle that can be solved it's it's something that has a um a set of um a set of hints and clues associated with it that if you put them together in the right way you know the answer and twin peaks it just kind of resists that because it it wants to put this central mystery this murder mystery within the context of a cosmic mystery and really yeah, the whole yeah. the whole the whole show uh like we've talked about um before is it's not really um you know mystery in this kind of detective way about right. salt about solving mystery it's mystery per se it's like it's yeah. it's it's wrestling with the concept of mystery and the nature of mystery and interest in mystery as mystery for its own yeah. for its own sake, for its um, own sake. and and um, there's something very fruitful about that I know a lot of people get frustrated because they're like no I want to know the answers I want to know sure. ex- exactly you know what's going on in the show I mean every time my mom you know watches the show or talks about the show she's like I need to watch it again because I don't know what's going on and it's yeah. like well well the funny thing is is you could watch it however many times you want you'll never know what's going on <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 and, and I, I find that so fruitful. I mean, it's part of the reason why we're having this conversation, right, is because the shows that are, let's say, mystery with a clear, you know, solution, what's, you know, what's there to talk about? We may talk about the journey of like, oh, yeah, it was really well put together and there were some good hints and I missed them and, you know, oh, wow, I couldn't believe so-and-so did this or that, right? But right. it's like a show like this that is really – quite abstract um you know quite open-ended um so evocative of like imageries and symbols and and all these sorts of things it's so fruitful because there's always something to talk about and um i i find that just kind of endlessly fascinating and i think lost does does something quite like this i think i think they provide a, a couple you know more sort of solutions than twin peaks would have but um I think Lost is similarly a show that was was trying to embrace mystery as something to be embraced. You know, it's it's right. kind of like it's kind of like you know. And I heard I heard uh, Damon Lindelof talk about this uh, to use the Star Wars example of the Force. The Force is interesting 
when we don't really know what it is, right? We, right, we, right. We, we, we hear everybody talk about it. We know that it's prominent and it's powerful, but we don't really need to like quantify it or get more specific because the more that we, we, we do, it actually loses its, its power and its intrigue, right? And right. so the midichlorians exactly, that are in us exactly, and off the charts exactly. with Anakin, I mean, right. Exactly. exactly. So, so when it becomes microscopic bacteria, right? Like, <laughs> like, it does, like it does in the Star Wars prequels, all of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, it's like mechanical, and it's, um, uh, yeah, it's just it's it just becomes stale, right? It's not sure. it's it doesn't have the power um, that it that it once did. Um, and I think there's something similar with like quote unquote giving the answers, like like I think there's something about avoiding that metachlorian um, yeah. re- reduction of things. Uh, and I think Lost was wise to keep some things open because the conversation continues if you do. Uh, right. Even though I, even though they know that the audience is going to just tear their hair out and just exactly. you know like what you know what the hell were the polar bears about totally. or you totally. know like you know why why are these you know you know you haven't explained uh, you know it's been so long since I've thought about Lost I can't remember the sure, the, sure, the, sure, the, sure. The, the the questions that I had but. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think th- I want to go back to this point about mystery because, um, you know, and we probably should just talk about mystery as its own subject in, in, in a future episode. But, um, you know, if, if you want if you had to say what, you know, what Twin Peaks is about, um, you know, you would you would have to say mystery as it's, yeah. you know, for its own sake. And that's not as a gimmick either. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm actually reminded of two two. Um, two films that are now both on Netflix um, that explore this. One is Bird Box um, that oh, you know, became yeah, sort of yeah. meme, fa- meme fame of all right. these you know, blindfold <laughs> right. images. Um, and the yeah. other one is Annihilation um, Ooh, with, yeah. with Natalie Portman. Yep. And both, both movies are shrouded in mystery. Um, so, and both of them, um, you know, you don't know. So if in, in the case of Bird Box, you don't know what's causing... Um, yes, these people yes. to go mad um right. and uh and and you actually never know <laughs> it right, turns right. out um right. sorry sorry i should have given the spoiler spoiler alert um there's plenty of spoiler it's been long alerts enough. it's been long um, yeah yeah um and um you know actually i think people some people who hate the movie bird box might actually want to know that you never know it's like oh so i don't even have to bother watching yeah, <laughs> trying yeah, to find yeah, out yeah. Yeah. Um, and an, an annihilation also is shrouded in mystery in ways that never quite resolve itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, at you know, on some level, it's not the, the movies aren't about mystery for its own sake. It's mystery as a as a vehicle um, to tell another story. So, and this is yes, definitely yes, spoiler yes, alert. Yes, yes, Bird yes. Box is mystery, um, but it's it's a it's a vehicle to get you yes. to to talk about parenting and motherhood exactly for for sandra exactly. bullock exactly. for annihilation it's mystery um as a vehicle that ends up talking about um self-destruction and cancer, um, cancer. in ways exactly. that um exactly. that um that sort of so mystery is it's it's a it's a vehicle that that um gets 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 the viewer sort of to to another place totally. um with twin peaks you know, you're not getting the same kind of, um, you know, mystery as vehicle to, to talk about X or Y or some, some other topic. Um, it's not about, um, 
you know, good versus evil so much as, as it is about, you know, some other, you know, social theme. It's actually about what we can know and what we can't know as knowers. Mm. Um, mm. And so mystery in some ways does sort of place us in a, in a conversation of, of our limits um, mm. as humans. And, um, and it's, it's the kind of mystery that, at least for me as a viewer and my experience with it, it's, it's the kind of mystery that still aspires. Um, it's a mystery that at one time puts me in my place as a knower of what I cannot know, but it also is, helps me aspire to, to things that are beyond my reach. Mm. Um, and in that way, um, it, 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 you know, it's the kind of mystery that you know, makes me want to be a better person. Um, mm. And I, I do think that that's, that's some, something at the heart of, of both what Mark Frost and, and David Lynch um, uh, do with mystery is, is yes, they shroud it in mystery. Um, the, the questions that we have don't get answered in the way that we want them to. Um, but part of that is the point. And uh, part of that is, 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 is the thing itself. Um, that that the feeling that it evokes, and then the kind of response that it drives um, it um, afterwards from it. Um, at least that's my experience with it, and it's um, it's it's the reason that that it does generate topics of conversation, and it's the mm-hmm. reason that I keep going back to watching it. Well, Chris, this has been a wonderful discussion, and I think this is probably a, a good place for us to uh, pause for now. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you and I can can chat about Twin Peaks on end and uh right which we uh, do whenever we're together so exactly (laughs) exactly there's plenty to talk about and and we will resume this conversation um you and I have discussed a number of themes that we are particularly interested in and other aspects of Twin Peaks that we'd love to discuss and David Lynch's work as a whole um you know we've talked about dreams as something that we want to circle back to so there's definitely more discussion to be had here uh, so we'll go ahead and, uh, and, and end here. And for those of you listening who have yet to engage Twin Peaks, uh, we, we highly recommend it. We think you'll have a, a good time with that. So you can catch up on some Twin Peaks in the meantime. So we'll catch Absolutely. you all later. Yep. Great. Thanks, John. Cheers. like more engagement of theology, culture, and discipleship from the two cities, you can find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at thetwocities.com.